Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, today your life will never, ever be the same again. If you believe that, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank God for today. I have not been in the first service for the past two weeks, uh, but Jesus is still Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, but the good news is that for the next uh, many months, I'm going to be here. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. 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 And we thank God for today. We thank God for the pastors that was holding forth. Come on, appreciate Pastor Liz for me. Hallelujah. Yes, um, I was watching the services and she was doing justice to the word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for her life. We thank God for Prophetess Grace as well. Come on, appreciate her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And we thank God for the able pastors. Bishop Lanya, come on, appreciate him. Hallelujah. And our elder Zablon and the wife Grace, come on, thank God for them. And all the leadership that stands to support us, all the workers and the other departmental heads, you are wonderful people. Come on, appreciate yourselves. Appreciate yourselves. Amen. Now, for the next few weeks, um, I'm rushing through because I've got so much to say today. I want us to understand who we are in Christ. Somebody say, understanding who we are in Christ. And understanding the basic things about salvation. Because I came to realize that many people don't really understand what it means to be saved or to be born again. Or, see, as a Christian, you must be able to affirm your salvation. You must be able to defend your salvation. Somebody say, defend. If somebody asks you about salvation, about God, about Jesus, somebody tells you that even um, 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 we will be in the same heaven with Muslims, you see, you, you need to be able to defend your salvation. Somebody say defend salvation. You need to have certain basic principles that makes you know and know that number one, you are saved. Number two, you are righteous. Number three, you are going to heaven. Number four, that... It is only through the name of Jesus alone that a man can be saved. Amen. So I just want you for the next few weeks, we are going to be doing justice to first you and I understanding who we are. Every single member of the church needs to have a deeper understanding of salvation, of righteousness, of who you are as a Christian. Amen. So I'm going to do a bit of Bible study in the next few weeks and I want you to Grow in the Lord. Somebody say, grow in the Lord. Yes, I, my desire is, um, as God gives us grace, we may be doing a bit of um, pictorial images and things like that and illustrations to help you um, have a better understanding of uh, what we do. And we'll be doing a bit of Bible study in the sense that sometimes I'll be asking you questions and I'll be demanding answers from you so that we will all grow in the Lord. Amen? amen. Somebody say, Amen. Yeah, are we good with that? Yes, I, I need you to grow because the primary essence of being in the house of God is not to excite you, but is to grow. Somebody say grow. That you yourself can have an understanding of what it means to be saved. Hallelujah. Now, who can tell me Jesus' primary assignment on earth? Can we get a microphone? 
like I said, we're going to have a bit of a Bible study, and I want you to grow in the Lord. Who can tell me what, what was Jesus' primary assignment? Anybody? Why did Jesus come? See, if you're, if you're a Christian, how many of you, are we Christians? Or we are Hare Krishnas? Are we Christians? So, okay, if we are all Christians, and then the question is, why did Jesus come? What is, who can tell me? Yes, not, yes, Dr. Carl. Thank you. Dr. Carl says Jesus came to share, um, um, shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Let's repeat it. Jesus came to shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Yes, that is someone's opinion. Anyone else with a different opinion or another answer? Why did Jesus come? No, not anybody at the front. I want somebody in the crowd. Yes? Did you raise your hand? Yes. There's a hand that has been raised. Jesus came to restore the kingdom of God. Someone else with a different opinion? Yes, there's a hand raised here. Yes, prosper. Jesus came to set the captives free. Amen. Every answer is right. Somebody says every answer is right. Yeah, all these Jesus came primarily to shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins as written. He came to set the captives free. It's one of the things he said in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. And then um, 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 to also establish his kingdom here on the earth. All those things he said. Now I want us to go to understand the basics of Christianity. Somebody say the basics. And without that you can't ride on anything. And you must have the basics right so that you can be able to grow in the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's get into, um, 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 keep the slides for now. And let's just follow these things. And then we will come back to the slides um, when I need them. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter 1, verses 21. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. Matthew, the first chapter. Verses 20 to 21. And I want us to get in and listen to the word. Matthew chapter 1 verses 20 to 21. Shall we read the word of the Lord? One, go. No, no, no. Let's read it again. Let's read it like we know what we are reading. One go. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, descendant of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is when Joseph was in a dilemma whether to accept Mary as a wife or not. I mean, you are being told this is going to be your wife, but now the wife is pregnant. And uh, so, an angel of the Lord came, comes to Joseph and tells Joseph, don't be afraid to take her as your wife because she is conceived with a baby and the baby is of the Holy Spirit. Now, next verse. Now, we hear what I'm um, um, so, uh, one go. 
For he will save people. So before Jesus came on the earth, God gave an assignment to him that he is supposed to save people from the earth. Jesus was to save people from the earth. Yes, Jesus came um, 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 on the earth to shed his blood so that every one of us will be delivered from sin or the bondage of sin. Are you following me? Are you following me? Yes, so that is the mission statement of Jesus. He came to save people from their sin. How? By the shedding of his blood. I want us as much as possible coming next week. You come with a notebook or a pen or an iPad to be taking notes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. No, no, unless you are telling me you, are, you have a, um, um, a photographic memory that whatever I say after service, you can repeat them to me. Amen? Yeah, so that you can take notes and then you can be able to follow. Hallelujah. So the mission statements of Jesus is to what? Yes. He came to save people from their sins by the shedding of his blood. Now, what is salvation? If somebody asks you, what is salvation? I want you to write it down. What is salvation? Now, two weeks ago, before I, sorry, three weeks ago, before I traveled on the Easter Sunday, I made you understand the primary reason why Jesus came to die is to shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins and whosoever believe in the name shall be saved. Amen. And I told you that in the olden days, when you sin, they were to bring a lamb to the house of the Lord at the end of the year. And all your sins will be spoken over the lamb. And the lamb will be slaughtered. And the blood of the lamb sprinkled. And it was a sign that your sins had been forgiven. Are you following me? So in the olden days, in the Old Testament, how people's sins were forgiven was that they would come to church with the lamb and the lamb would be killed and the blood of the lamb was used as a symbol for the remission of their sins. But God realized that that was not good enough for the saving of mankind. So God sent his only begotten son to come and become an eternal an ultimate sacrifice that when he dies, his blood will now be able to wash everybody else from their sins. Are you following me? So Jesus came to replace the killing and the sacrifice of lamb. Jesus became the eternal lamb, the eternal sacrifice that was sacrificed for the remission of our sins. So all that you've got to do to partake of what Jesus came to do is to believe in his actions. What he came to do. Once you believe that he came to die for your sins and it's because of his your sins and the sins of others that he came to die and that you believe that he resurrected on the third day, the Bible says you shall be saved. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that by, with, the, with the hearts we believe and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. Yours is to believe and you declare it and you shall be saved. Are we here? Are we together? Yeah. So now, what is salvation? Salvation, when we say you are saved, what does it simply mean? Somebody tell me. When we say you are, what does it mean that you are saved? When we say, okay, are you all saved? And you see, Kenyans have a way of introducing themselves at functions. And yesterday I was at a function and uh, what's your name? My name is John Kimani. I am saved. 
I am born again. And I begin to wonder, do you really need to tell us that you are born again? I mean, but it's, it's become a norm. I mean, any Kenyan function, you go, people are introducing themselves. They have to add the fact that they are born again. Hallelujah. So what does it mean to be saved? Those of you that introduce yourself with the name, I am born again. You have to say it, eh? To distinguish the chaff from the wheat. I understand. Okay. Alright, so what does it mean to be saved? When you say you are saved, what does it really mean to be saved? When you say someone is saved, what does it mean to be saved? Somebody say delivered from sin. Somebody say delivered from sin. Yes. Who else? It's right, actually. What else? What does it mean to be saved? Mm -hmm. Anyone else? I want us to have a conversation so that you understand. Amen? Yes. I'm not here just to preach. Yes, prosper. Thank you. He says you are redeemed from eternal condemnation. Somebody say, to be saved means to be redeemed from eternal condemnation. When you are saved, it means you are redeemed from eternal judgment. That is what it means. To be redeemed from eternal condemnation, you are redeemed from eternal judgment. You are delivered from your sins. So to be saved means to be delivered from the wrath and the judgment and the condemnation of God. When we say you are saved, in other words, you have been redeemed from the wrath and the judgment and the eternal condemnation of the Lord. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins. The wrath and the penalty of our sins were taken care of by Jesus. Do you know if it was in the olden days, some of you, you will not be able to come to church today. Hello? Because of what you did in the course of this week. At the door now, the judgment of God will strike you like this. Somebody say mercy. But because of what Christ did, in because, in, be, 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 you did something wrong. Christ had done nothing wrong. There's a song that says, he paid it. He didn't, I did it. Who knows that song? He paid it. He did not own, I owned it. I could not pay. I needed someone. All of you guys, you don't know it. You know, you know the song. You don't know the song. He paid it. it. Where is Bessie? Where is Bessie? Huh? Okay, even he knows it. Okay, try with your voice and let's see whether it will go. Please, nobody should laugh in this auditorium. <laughs> None of most of you don't know the song, so we are, huh? Re, sing, let's go. He paid a debt I did not owe. I had a debt I could not pay. I needed someone 
to wash my sins away and now i sing a brand new song amazing grace christ jesus died you know that song yeah give it to percy let percy help us come on put your hands together for her yes uh-huh he paid a debt he paid a debt he did not owe i owed a debt I could not pay, I needed someone to wash my sins away. Now I can sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. Now, do you know the song? Now, it goes like he paid a debt. You see, because of you and I, our sins, like now when we are coming, God will be striking every one of us. But now Christ paid the penalty that you and I were supposed to have been given. Are we together? So he paid a debt that he didn't own. Are we together? For you and I. So that when you come in church, you can regardless of whatever you did or didn't do, you can come here and lift holy hands and still worship God. Are you getting me? So what Christ did on the cross was to pay a penalty for you and I, our sins of the past, our sins of the present, and our sins of the future. So what he did with his blood was to put like something, the Bible calls it a fixed deposit. Somebody say fixed deposit. That any time you sin, Jesus, I mean, the penalty is taken from that. The same way when you have money in your bank account and you use a Visa card and you go to the restaurant, you just swipe your card and you leave, isn't it? Every time you want to make a payment, you swipe your card and you leave, isn't it? It's like that. Christ has made a deposit with his blood that any time you sin, there is a swipe. Any time you sin, there is a swipe. Anytime you sin, there is a swipe. So every time you make a mistake, his blood speaks on your behalf. Are you following me? Yes. So that is what it is. So to be saved, thank you, sir. To be saved simply means to be delivered from the wrath of God. So when you are saved, instead of judgment and wrath coming upon you, because of the blood, you are delivered. And you are not what? Condemned. Somebody say, I'm not condemned. Somebody shouted, I'm not condemned. See, there is nothing like I am half saved and not saved. Just that you don't know what it is. It's either you are saved or yes, there are no middle grounds. Amen? Yes. And I said to you last week, how do we get saved? We get saved only through the name of Jesus. When somebody asks you, how did you get saved? You got saved by grace through Christ. Amen? And the only name given under heaven that we should be saved is the name Jesus. Not Muhammad, not Krishna, not Gandhi, not any other name. Hallelujah. Now let's go to um, 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 Acts chapter 4 verse 12. So that you know, when somebody tells you uh, Muslims will go to heaven, that one you don't know because that is not the part the Bible says. The only people that are going to heaven with us are the people that are saved by Christ Jesus. Amen? Are we following me? Shall we read one go?
Now, shall we read? It says, and there is no, there is, and there is salvation in no one. Come on, I want to communicate with you. So there is salvation in no one. So the only person that gives salvation is what? Christ Jesus. Amen? He said, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among people by which we must be saved. There is no other name except the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So when somebody tells you a story that um, looks like uh, um, um, they will tell you Jesus is Isa and what, 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 and all those kind of things, you don't want to know. All that you know is that salvation comes in only one name, Christ Jesus. Amen? When you read um, 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 John chapter 4, John chapter 14, verse 6. Give me John chapter 14, verse 6. John chapter 14, verse 6. We get saved only through the name of Jesus. That is the next point you need to write down. It is only through the name of Jesus. There is no other name. Not Krishna, not Gandhi, not any other person. Salvation comes only through what? Jesus. Say after me, salvation comes only through what? Jesus. Now let's go. One go. Let's read the scripture. I am. See, there is this myth that, oh, there are several ways that you can get to God. How many, how many of you have heard that? How many of you have heard that, oh, you can, go to, you can get to God by several means? Uh, others use Muhammad. Others use Krishna. Others use whatever. According to what we believe, you don't have to buy that. Amen? So that is why some of you, your children get deceived. They go to school, somebody tells you, oh, Muhammad is also another way to go to God. Um, um, Krishna is also another way to go to God. Or Gandhi is also another way to go to God. No, the Bible said, Jesus said, who said it? To, who said? Come on, come on, church, who said this? These are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the only way to God. No one else. Somebody say, no one else. So don't get deceived into Islam and think that oh, it's also another way to go to God. Don't get deceived into any other religion. The only way to go to God is through Jesus. Somebody say through Jesus. Somebody say through Jesus. You need to have the fundamentals right because trust me, if you don't get the fundamentals right, somebody can deceive you and the next thing we hear is that you have become, you are half Islam, half Christian. Amen? Yes. The only way to go to God, let's read the scripture again. Please take me back to the scripture. Verse 6, 14 verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the will and the will there is no other life. Jesus is the real life. And no one comes to the Father but through you cannot go to anybody um, you cannot go to the Father through anyone except through what? Except through who? Except through whom? Except through who? Yes. And last week, I ended with this scripture. I told you, when somebody asks you, do you have eternal life? What do you tell them? Sorry, three weeks ago, before I traveled. Do you have eternal life? Why do you believe that you have eternal life? What is eternal life in the first place? What is eternal life? Anybody? Eternal life. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Is it ma'am? Yes, sir. Eternal life, sir. The life of God. The, the, the life of God. The, what we call the Zoe. Somebody say Zoe. Yes. Yes. Who else? Eternal life. 
Anything else? Anyone else? Yes, ma. It's everlasting life. Somebody said everlasting life. Yes, eternal life is everlasting life. Is the life of God. Does God die? Does God die? Does God die? Does God fall sick? So, when the Bible says we have eternal life, we have the life that God has, what it simply means is that we don't die. Our life is eternal, just like God. Say, I have life eternal. Shall we say, I have eternal life? Shall we say, I have eternal life? Now, eternal life is the life of God. We simply also mean that you have the God kind of life. Somebody say the God kind of life. Yeah, the life that God has, he released it unto you. Now, next week, I'll possibly start from the Garden of Eden and make you understand. When man, um, uh, uh, man was created, man had that kind of life. A unique life. Man could commune with God, mingle with God, have fellowship with God before the fall of man. But now seeing when the Bible says that when the serpent came to Adam, the serpent said to Eve, if you eat this fruit, you shall become like God. But they were already like God. The devil was trying to find a way to disconnect them from being like God. Are you following me? So when they sinned and they ate the fruit, and the Bible says that um, um, God had told them, if the day you eat this fruit, you shall die. He was not talking about physical death. He was talking about the death of their spirit. Amen? So when... Um, 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 sin came, man's spirit died and got disconnected from God. So when Jesus came, Jesus came to reconcile us back to God, to have the kind of life that God gave Adam from the first day of creation. Are you following me? So when you become saved, your body physically does not change, but there is something inside you that shifts, that changes. You receive the kind of life that God really wants you to have. That is the eternal life. And I told you when somebody asks you, do you have eternal life? Reply them with 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 to 12. And every single Christian, if you are a Christian, you must know that scripture. I mean, you must be able to memorize it and quote it. Because that is the assurance of your salvation. Say the assurance. Yes, the assurance of your salvation, 1 John chapter 5, verses 11. Not John 5, 1 John 5, verses 11. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 to 12. Now, give me a new King James so that we can be able to quote it easily. And then we can come back to um, 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 amplify. Okay, let's stay where it is. Then we can change and go to new King James. And everybody will learn the new King James version. Okay, let's read. One go. Now, did he say God will give us? God has what? God has what? God has what? He has given us eternal life. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, the life that he's talking about is life what? Eternal. Amen? The Bible says, and this is the testimony. Shall we all read? And next week, I will be doing this. We used to do this in the past, but we'll be doing this. I mean, we used to do service online. How many of us remember? We used to do service online. Now, let's go First John 11, 
And now let's read it. You must memorize it. Every Christian must know this scripture because that is the assurance of your salvation. One go. That God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Once again, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. That is it. The Bible says God has given us eternal life. And the eternal life is in his. How many of you have the son of God in you? You believe you have the son of God? That means you have what? Come on, shout it. You have what? You have what? So if somebody asks you, what makes you think you have eternal life? This is your assurance. This is your answer. First John chapter 5, verse 11 to 12. The Bible says, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. If you don't have the son of God in you, you do not have what? Eternal life. Now, I want us to take, it, take me to verse 13. Next verse. And then we'll take it in the Amplified. Shall we read one go? Now, these things I've written to you. Who do, who do what? So, this scripture is not for unbelievers. It's for those who what? Believe in the Son of God. Are you following me? Yeah, so if you believe in the Son of God, that means what? You have eternal life. This scripture is not for anybody. It's for the people that believe in the Son of God. These things are written to you for those who believe in the Son of God. That you may know that you have what? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. These things I am written, I've written to those of you that believe in the Son of God. That you may know that you have what? Eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Hallelujah. So, if you believe in the Son of God, you need to understand with absolute certainty that you have what? Eternal life. Now, I want to, when you take it from the Amplified, from the original, it's so sweet and so nice and so settling. Now, let's go to the Amplified um, from verse 11. Verse 11. Yes. Now let's read one go. Come on, let's pause it there. God has given us eternal life and we already what? Somebody say, I have eternal life. I have eternal life. That means that when you die, what is going to happen? Death is just a transition to another realm. Somebody say another realm. You see, the assurance you and I, we have, is the fact that when we die, we are just being transitioned to another realm. It doesn't mean your life has ended. No, it is just what? A transition. Somebody say transition. But those who do not have Jesus, when they die, if their lives is finished, they go into eternal condemnation. Are you following me? This is Bible we are reading. Eternal life. Even if your English teacher died early, at least you can understand basic English. Eternal. Somebody say eternal life. That is life what? Eternal. Amen? Hello? Are we together? He says, now this is the testimony that God has given us what? We already. Come on, let's read. We already. Now let's read. And 
And this life is in his resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with him. Are you following me? He says, the life that we have, take me back please, has resulted in our eternal companionship or fellowship with him. Once you have eternal life, there is that companion you have with Jesus. You have with the Father. There is that fellowship you can have. There is a relationship that is established between you and our Heavenly Father when you have eternal life. Eternal life simply means a relationship. There is a relationship that has been created between you and God. Amen? Yes, there is a companionship, a fellowship that has been created. Uh-huh. Next verse. Shall we read one go? Thank you. You read it. Let's read it again. He who has the son, how? By accepting him as Lord and Savior, has the life that is what? Eternal. Glory be. It's as simple as that. Amen? You need to understand the basis of your salvation. Otherwise, you can get deceived and throw, um, 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 you can throw away your salvation without realizing it. It's so straightforward, it's so clean, and it's so perfect. He who has the son, how? By accepting him as Lord and Savior, has the life that is what? Eternal. So it doesn't matter what happens. I know I have eternal life. Glory be to God. Shout, I have eternal life. How many of you believe you go to hell? Let me see you by hand. You believe you go to hell. You go to hell. How many of you believe you are going to heaven with me? Say, we are going to heaven. Yes, because we have eternal life. It's settled. Somebody say, it's settled. Somebody shout, it's settled. Now, as the weeks go by, I'll make you understand that what I was telling you three weeks ago, um, I think I went ahead of myself. We all, we are ending up in heaven because we are saved. Amen? Because we have what? Life. See, let me tell you, church. Let me tell you. I always tell you, don't accept something because you heard it somewhere. Or you were told some years ago, but you could not substantiate it with scripture. Amen? Accept it because it is written in the word of the Lord. Are we together? You need to learn to unlearn and learn. Somebody say unlearn and learn. Yes, we are going to scripture word by word to make you understand what it truly means to be saved. Let's go to the scripture. Uh -huh. Let's read for the last time. Uh -huh. You don't have the life that is, if you don't have the son of God, in your life, you don't have the life that is eternal. Now, let's verse. Let's verse. Now, let's read. Uh -huh. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus is, does, so that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. What a scripture. Glory be to God. He said, I love the part, the last part. He says, so that you will know with what settled and absolute knowledge that you have eternal life. You don't have to try to 
say, think, am I, do I have eternal life or I don't? Uh, no, no, no. You must know with settled and absolute knowledge that you have eternal life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Those in the corner, are you together? Wonderful. Yes. So you must know with absolute and settled knowledge that you have eternal life and that we are making it to heaven. Someone say we are making it to heaven. Yes, says these things are written to you that you may know with absolute knowledge that you have eternal life. Now, my question here is this. If, Pastor, you are saying we have eternal life and um, we are making it to heaven, what happens then? Now, okay, before I push it further, let me a bit explain a bit further what we mean by life eternal. Somebody say life eternal. Somebody shout life eternal. Somebody say life eternal. life eternal. Now, go with me, if you would, to the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. We are still working on understanding your salvation, and then we go into growth in Christ. Shall we read one go? Hold on, go on. Thank you, thank you. If you followed me very closely, I explained salvation as being delivered from what? The wrath of God and the judgment of God. How many of us wrote it down? Now, you see, when you are reading English and they put words in bracket, what does it mean? They are explaining the word that has already been said, isn't it? So now the Bible says, For we are saved by not. By God's remarkable compassion and favor. Yes. So what drew you to Christ is God's what? Compassion and favor. Yes. It says by God's grace you are saved. Let's remove. Let's omit the words in bracket. That you have been saved. It's by grace that you have been saved. Now he's, ex he's explaining the salvation to me. Actually delivered from. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's follow. Yes, yeah, so when the Bible says you are saved, it actually means you have actually been delivered from what? Judgment and being given what? Glory be to God. It's simple. Amen? Are you following me? Yes. So to be saved simply means to be actually delivered from what? Judgment and being given what? Eternal life. And how does it come? It comes through, somebody say through faith. Through what? Through what? Through what? So yours is just to believe in what Christ has done by faith and you'll be given eternal life. It is by grace. It don't, you don't have to work for it. Amen? Amen? Some years ago, I heard that some, somebody was actually um, here. Some years ago, I heard that um, somebody was asking people to pay money for heaven. How many of you heard that? Some years ago, it happened. Huh? To, to check your name in the book of life. Yes. Yeah. Don't follow that thing. You see, if today was not Sunday, I would have said, don't follow that nonsense. That, why do you try, go and pay money to check your name in the book of life? Are they God? Are you following me? Yes. We are saved by 
By what? By what? Yes. And let's read the last part. And this salvation. Shall we read? Let's read one go. And this salvation is not yourselves. Not through your own effort. But it is the undeserved gracious gift of God. You didn't deserve it. God just chose to give it to you. Hallelujah. Imagine, look at you the way you are bad. God just says, I want to give you eternal life. Hallelujah. Now, why are you pretending as if we are? Amen? Yes. God has given us eternal life by his undeserved gracious word. Favor. Amen? Are we together? Now, now I want you to know um, 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 something here. Go with me to John chapter 10, verses 28 to 29. Are you understanding your salvation? That you have what? What do you have? You have what? You have what? You have eternal life. John 10, 28. Now, shall we read one go? I should have asked the question. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So does that mean that when you sin, you lose your eternal life? Why are you saying no? There's somebody here who believes. Those here, when you sin, what happens to your salvation? Do you lose your eternal life? When you, when you sin, anyone else? Who has an opinion? When you sin, what happens to your salvation? Anybody? When you sin, do you lose your eternal life? Huh? You don't, why? Then what happens? Hmm? Okay. Some of you are not confident. You, it's like you know, it's like you don't know. Have you been answering objective questions and C and B looks like almost the same? Yes. When you get to that moment, it is only God. Now, the Bible says, now this is Jesus speaking. And I give, now let's go to the previous verse so that we can throw a bit more light on it. Verses 27. Uh-huh, shall we read? Uh-huh. Now, the Bible, Jesus says he has given us eternal life and no one can snatch you out of his hand. Now, there is a difference between falling inside a plane and falling out of a plane. Follow me? You've taken a, a flight before? Those of you, I promise some people that who have not taken flight before that I will charter a jet for you. Who have not taken a flight before? Miriam, raise your hand because I know you have not. Okay. 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 All right. Don't worry. One day, somebody say one day. All of you have not taken a flight before me. We will charter one flight and take all of you to Kisumu. Or Mom, you want Mombasa? Mombasa and we will return you. Amen? Yes. Well? Huh? Kakamega. Says, 
They have an airport in Kagamega. Is it an airstrip or an airport? Okay, okay, it's okay. All right, all right. We will go. Hold on, follow me. There is a difference between falling inside a plane and falling out of a plane. As a Christian, when you fall or you sin, it's like falling in a plane. You can still get up and the plane can still keep moving. All right? Yeah? But when you fall out of a plane, that means you are out completely. There is a difference between falling into sin as a Christian and losing your salvation. Are you following me? You can fall into sin, get up, get yourself back up and keep going. But when you lose your salvation completely, that one is completely what? Different. Let's say now the way you are, you decide now me, this Christianity thing, I'm, I've quit, I've become a Muslim. That one you have lost your salvation. You are out of it. That one you will end up with those people on the other side of hell. But when you make a mistake as a Christian and you are able to get yourself back up and keep going, that doesn't mean you have lost your salvation. Are we following me? So there's a difference between falling into a plane and falling out of a plane. That is why Jesus said when you have eternal life, it is life eternal and no one can snatch you out of my hand. Let me say, are we children of God? Yes. Do you believe you are a son of God or a daughter of God? Now, take it from me. If you have a child and your child wrongs you, does that stop that child from being your child? The wrong actions of your son or daughter does not necessarily mean that they are no longer your child. Are you together? Yeah. Now, it might affect the way the child will confidently come to you because they have done something wrong, but that does not mean they are no longer your child. Amen? All the, I mean, if your child does something to you, you just need to find a way. Sometimes you may punish them. Sometimes you may just stare at them in a certain way that will just make them know that what they have done is wrong. But it does not necessarily mean the person or that child stops becoming your child. In the same way, when you and I wrong God, it doesn't mean, he, I mean, we stop becoming his children. Hello? We have just made a mistake and we just need to retract our steps back and get back to God. Amen? Are we together? Yes. So, you need to understand Jesus said that no one can snatch you out of my hand. You see, it is not easy for somebody to say you lost your salvation. To lose your salvation means completely you have turned from being a Christian into being something else. Amen? But making a mistake or falling into sin does not necessarily mean that you have lost your word. Come on. Does not mean you have lost your what? Yeah. So you need to understand that. Now, our, your salvation is eternal. Somebody say, my salvation is eternal. It's written in the scripture that, we, that was in the screen. Shall we read one go? Uh-huh. Yes. It says, and their salvation is eternal. And no one, shall be, no one shall ever be able to snatch them out of my hand. Verse 29. Uh -huh. Next verse. Uh 
Yes. Go to Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. I want you to understand your salvation is eternal. You are not losing it. You don't lose your salvation because you sinned. Write it down. I don't lose my salvation because I sinned. But when your sin affects your relationship with God. Are you hearing me? Are you getting what I'm saying? The same way as a son or daughter, you make a mistake, it can affect the way you relate with your father. Shall we read Hebrews 7 verses 25? Let's read one go. Now let's take it again. Therefore, one go. Those who come to God through him. Now he's talking about Jesus. Say, therefore, Jesus is able to save forever. Somebody says, save forever. Completely, perfectly, for eternity, those who come to God through him. If you come to God through Jesus, you are saved forever. You have eternal life. Amen? Are we here? The reason why you have eternal life and the reason why it is like that is he shed his blood. Anytime you make a mistake, his blood cleanses. The blood cleanses. The blood cleanses. Like I said, if you have money in your bank account and you, 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 are, you have an ATM, um, a Visa card, anytime you want to use it, you swipe it, money is deducted from your account. Anytime you swipe it, money is deducted from your account. Anytime you and I commit a sin, the blood begins to what? Cleanse. The blood speaks. The blood speaks. The blood speaks. And that is what we see in 1 John chapter 2, verses 1. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. 1 John 2, 1. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Now, John is writing this epistle and he says, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you do not sin and violate God's law. In other, why, what he's trying to say is that in, in my book, Don't Give Up, I explain the scripture. There is what is called the ideal. Somebody say the ideal. And the reality. Somebody say the reality. So the ideal is that every one of us should pay tight when you are a church member. But the reality is that not everybody does. Are you getting me? Yes. Now, the ideal here is that everyone should not sin. That is the ideal. Say the ideal. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what God expects from you, you live a sinless life. Yes, that is the ideal. But now, the reality is that you are flesh and blood. You are fallible. Amen? So, he says, my little children, believers, dear ones, I am writing to you these things, follow me, so that you do not what? You will not sin and violate God's law. Now, he comes to the reality. And if... That is a condition. And if anyone sins, we have what? Who will for us with the Father? He says, 
The idea is that you do not sin. But in case you should, we have an advocate. Somebody say an advocate. Somebody shout an advocate. Shout and say an advocate. Yes, the ideal is that you do not sin. But because he knows that you and I, like even after he announced, somebody will still go and say, somebody say mercy. And I'm going to go to you next week to make you understand the different types of believers. We have the carnal believers. Somebody say carnal believers. Carnal believers are the people who sin and they are still believers. They behave like unbelievers. Have you seen those type of Christians that you look at their lives and you begin to wonder whether they are Christians? Those are called carnal believers. Somebody say carnal believers. They can, they can do great things. When you see them in the house of God, you just realize that as if they just descended from heaven. It's like they were with Angel Gabriel two hours ago. Are you following me? But now, that is in the house of God. But outside the house, when they meet at the door, like now, once they leave this premises, they are something else. Those are can It doesn't mean they are not born again. They are saved, but they are carnal. The word carnal means flesh. They are led by their flesh. Amen? All right? Yes. And we have got the spiritual believers or the mature believers. Those are the ones that are not led by their flesh. They are able to suppress the desires of their flesh and manage themselves. Somebody say manage themselves. Yes, we have got canal, the, the natural man. Now, the natural man. Now, we are going back to the slides. Thank you. Now, the natural man is the one that is not saved at all. Those ones, they are going to hell. They don't know Christ. They don't know any, um, um, they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in salvation. They, so, there is the natural man. That is the one that is not saved. There is the canal man. Now, the canal man is saved, but he's still, you get it? Are you getting me? Yeah, so when you see somebody behave like that, you just say, this is this one, he's what? Say, say, don't, don't be apologetic. Tell them, you meet them somewhere in the pub, and they are doing those, says, you, you are carnal, carnal, you are carnal. That is carnality. Somebody say carnality. Carnality means you are being led by your flesh. Whatever the flesh desires, they go for it. And we have what the spiritual man, somebody say the spiritual man. Now, the spiritual man is the one that is controlled or led by the spirit. They know how to pray. They know how to suppress their emotions and suppress their flesh. Amen? Yeah, so we have the natural man. Now, I want every one of you to take where you are. Don't tell anybody. Take where you are. You have the natural man. We have the scanner man. And we have the spiritual man. Yeah, so take where you are. And see how you can improve upon yourself. Amen? We are moving from carnality to spirituality. Say, in the name of Jesus. I move from carnality to spirituality. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. See, when you stay carnal, you can't advance in the things of the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. So, let me, let me go back. So, you need to understand... The basis of your salvation. Somebody say my salvation. You need to get the basis right that if you... The Bible, the fundamental scripture that all of us should know is that this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life he didn't stand. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not what? Does not have what? Yes, you need to have that fundamentals right and get it straight in your head. Amen. Take me back to the previous scripture. 
Yes. Shall we read one go? Mm -hmm. And if anyone, since we have an advocate, somebody say an advocate. An advocate is who? Yes. In, in normal, I mean, in, in real life, an advocate is who? A lawyer, right? Yes. So when you sin, the Bible says we have an advocate. Somebody say an advocate. So if, like I was saying, if it was the olden days, as you get to the door, the judgment of God begins to come upon you. So as the judgment of God is about to come, Jesus will begin, Jesus will say, that one, I shed my blood for him. Exempt him. Somebody say exempt him. So you are exempted because every time God wants to execute judgment, Jesus is speaking for you. When you go to the courtroom, just imagine a courtroom. When the judge wants to execute judgment against you, you, you hire an attorney, an advocate to speak on your behalf and to explain to the judge why you don't deserve that punishment. Isn't it? Yeah, so what Jesus is doing right now, the Bible says he's died and he's risen. And he's seated at the right hand side of the master doing what? Interceding for you and I. So all that Jesus is doing every now and then is speaking on your behalf. Mary does not deserve that judgment. She did it wrong, but you, she don't have to give her that judgment. That is why even in your mistakes, God still blesses you. Why? Because Jesus is an advocate speaking on your behalf. Glory be to God. If not for that, my friend, you and I, we, don't, we will not have deserved anything from heaven. Somebody say, we have an advocate. In the person of who? Christ Jesus. Amen? Yes. So let's go. And if anyone sins, uh-huh, well, let's go from there, everyone, let's go, one go. Mm-hmm. So he says, if anyone sin, we have an advocate, Christ Jesus, who conforms to the Father's will in every form. He is the one that is advocating for you and I. Amen? Amen. So you need to understand, as a child of God, there comes a time that you make a mistake. But when you make a mistake, don't give up. Don't feel like, oh, I don't deserve to come to the house of God because of A, B, C, and D. You need to understand that you have an advocate. Somebody say, I have an advocate. In the person of who? Christ Jesus. Amen? Who is interceding and speaking for you. Now, let's go to the last scripture. And then from, to, um, from next week, we are going to go deeper. Amen? Romans chapter 8 from verse 1. The last scripture for today. See, today looks very nice, but from next week it's going to be. Amen. Today looks like okay. Now everything looks cool. Like ah, <laughs> it looks cool, isn't it? Yeah, but but you see, I cannot preach all of them today. But I'm I, I'm introducing it now. Let's read one go. Now, this scripture, eh? if you don't hold this scripture very well, people will sin a lot. Isn't it? Now, give me the scripture. The scripture is so clear. This is Bible we are reading. 
The Bible says, shall we read one go? Therefore, there is no, no guilt verdict, no punishment for those who are in, who believe him as. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Today is very sweet. The Bible says there is no guilty verdict, no punishment for some of us who believe in Christ Jesus. Hey, this Christianity is sweet. Oh. No punishment. Someone say no punishment. I am not the one telling you. I am just, re we are reading the Bible together. That's why I said it's a Bible study, isn't it? Is it written in the Bible? It's written in your Bible. Romans 8 verses 1. The Bible said there is therefore now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who have accepted him as Lord and personal Savior. So this should assure you that you and I will go to heaven. Someone say we go to heaven. Say we are in heaven. Yes. We are going to make it to heaven because we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. There is therefore no condemnation, no guilty verdict for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Now let's go. Let's go to the next verse. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has set us free from the law of sin and death. Amen? That is one thing that you need to understand, that Jesus has come to give you eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Shall we say I have eternal life? Shall we say I have eternal life? I am not condemned. I am not condemned. Shall we say, I am not condemned? Shall we say, I am not condemned? I, there is no guilty verdict against me. For I have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. So, in summary, what did you hear? Somebody. Tell me. I'm going to get one person from each corner. Now, in summary, somebody tell me, what did you understand by this whole sermon? What did somebody from here tell me, what did you understand? Dr. Carr has spoken somebody else from this side? Oh, you, did, you didn't hear anything? Yes, yes. Yes, she says she heard that she's been born again, not because of her effort, but because of God's grace. The unmerited, undeserved favor. Yes, what did you hear, those of you from here? What, what, what thing stood out for you? Yes, what did you, oh, you, that's why I told you to be writing those. Yes, King? He who does not have the son does not have life. And he who has the son has what? Eternal life, right? So if you have the son of God, you have eternal life. If you do not have the son of God, it doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. You go to heaven not by moral standards. You go to heaven because you are saved. See, that is something very difficult for a religious person to understand. It doesn't matter how moral sound you are. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you will not make it to heaven. It's as simple as that. If you don't have the son of God in you, 
you will not make it to heaven. Are we together? Yes. Next week, I'll show you a certain clip. Yes. What did you hear, those of you here? Yeah, just raise your hand and talk if you want to talk. Yes? Mm -hmm. You have eternal life. Okay, add more because that one. Uh -huh. Yes? Mm -hmm. Yes, that is it. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's it. Perfect. So when you sin as a Christian, you don't, it doesn't mean you are no longer a child of God. You, oh, the story changes when you move out of the faith of Christianity. Are you following? Yes, those of you here. Center, uh -huh. Colin? Yes, you don't qualify to be a Christian because of your effort, but because of grace and mercy. Yes, those of you here, what did you hear? Yes, Rob? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the carnal and the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And then what I got is in the when you stay natural, mm -hmm. you cannot advance to the things of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So there we have the three types of men: the natural man, the carnal man, and the spiritual man. Amen. Yes. We have the carnal natural man, the carnal man, and the spiritual man. Now, I, yo, I had this as part of my slide just to show you possibly next week we are going to go into this. Next week, um, see, when you see a baby, that is a baby, when you see a baby, a baby can even take soap and eat, isn't it? I mean, but is it right? It's not right. A baby can take anything and just put it in their mouth. That is how some Christians are. They are baby Christians. They are human beings all right, but they do anything. Somebody say anything. Yeah, but now when you grow into maturity, you get to a stage where you know what is right and what is not. Are you getting me? Yeah, you, 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 are, you, you are able to discern to know, I don't have to do this, I don't have to do that. That is, you are growing into maturity. Somebody say growing into maturity. Now you get to a stage where you are now mature. That the things that used to excite you, doesn't excite you anymore. There are some of you, you stop going to lofts and claret and whiskey rivers, isn't it? Just because you are in the house of God. Hallelujah. 1824. How many of you stopped going to 18? <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, you see, she's raised her hand. You see, these are, these are people who go to heaven. They are honest. Some of you used to go. We are asking that you like, go like me, like me, prophet. Me, I, I don't even know where it is. <laughs> like last week now, some of you, you went. Should I prophesy? <laughs> anyway. So, you grow into maturity, amen? Yes, you grow from the baby Christian to um, 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 growing, growing um, 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 into maturity. Now, you become a mature believer. Now, let's, let, what else did you hear, those of you here? Yes, uh-huh. Come again. Yes, you are redeemed from eternal condemnation when you have what? Salvation. And those in the overflows, what did you hear? Overflow? Yes, sir. Give me the microphone. That it doesn't matter how much you sin, you will, you will also go to heaven. You, 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 <laughs> you have eternal life. See, see, this is what I was saying. He, he has spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> you 
don't have internal life. <laughs> What's your name, sir? Alan. Alan? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody say, hey. <laughs> okay, what Alan is trying to say, let me help Alan. That... <laughs> Alan is trying to say, even when you sin, you are still a child of God. Amen? Yes, you don't, be, you don't stop being a child of God because you what? You sinned. Hallelujah. Yes, so God willing, next week we are going to, how many of you have enjoyed the teaching? You have understood it? Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Yes, let's be upstanding. Let's be upstanding. Let's be upstanding. I just want you to begin to talk to God briefly. Begin to talk to God that the Lord God should empower you, strengthen you to stand. Let me tell you one thing. Eh? When you are that kind of a Christian where you are a carnal believer, you do anything and anything, you don't have power. Somebody say power. You don't carry power. Power is released from the place of consecration. Somebody say consecration. You cannot carry power. That is why the witches in your family do this who and you are running away. Because you are just like the you are like just like them. Amen. But for you to operate in power, you must be a person that is able to stand for the Lord and stand in consecration and stand in purity. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I shall operate in power. I shall operate in power. Shall we say, I shall operate in power. I shall operate in power. Shall we say, I shall operate in power. I shall operate in power. Shall we say, I shall operate in power. I shall operate in power. I want you to begin to talk to God right now. That the Lord will bring you to a place of maturity. Amen. That you shall grow in him. That you shall be able to connect with him. Amen. Just talk to God. 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 Rata laba shaba nemeka do shaba ya. Raba baba la brasha la la brasha ta. Iselelelelele bo shaba. Zala kado shabranta ta la kado shaba. Zala la brasha la la brasha ta. Ikelelele bo shaba. Raba la basho lelele bo shaba. Kalele kado shabranta ta. Laba na 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 bako Rabba Bala Brada Bala 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 Bala
Kada bo shabaya, ikele bo shalala branta baya. Raba baba la bako shalala brashata. Raba baba la bara brashata. Shalala bara bara branta la bakata. Leka do shabala brashalala branta. Raba baba la bara brashalala brashata. Shalala bo shabala bara baya.
prayer as you leave here that God should make you a better Christian somebody say a better Christian a better, a better believer that you will stand for him you will speak for him you will live for him hallelujah Amen. I want you to talk to God that you will not just be a kind of Christian, but you will be a spiritual man. That God should move you from carnality. And every aspect of carnality should be shared today in the name of Jesus. That God will bring you to a place where, see, wouldn't you love it when you can hear God for yourself? When you can see in the spirit and begin to tap into another dimension. And that is the realm I want you and I to get to. Not to be swimming in the shallow waters of the spirit, but to be desiring for the deeper waters of God. Are you hearing me? Yes. That you begin to go deeper into the things of the spirit. Just begin to lift up your voice and talk to God. Last your prayer. Your last prayer. Come on, talk to the Lord. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. I am a child of God. I'm no longer left to fear. I am a child of God. Today is our communion Sunday. We want to dine with the Lord that from today your spiritual senses should be activated. That as you have fellowship with God and dine with Him, you shall be spiritually alert. And that the Lord God will empower your inner man like never before. Father, we speak over this bread and wine we ask oh God 
as we take them, let it bring empowerment to our spirit mind. Let the bread and the wine empower our spirit mind and stir us up, O oh God, to stand for you, to live for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says when they dine with you, their eyes will open. Let our spiritual senses be activated and be open, even after today. I pray over the bread and the wine. It is no more the physical bread and the physical wine. Let it be the bread and the wine that has been transformed into the blood and the body of Jesus. As we take it, let it bring a refreshment, a stirring up to our inner man. In the mighty name of Jesus. As you take this, let every sickness in your body be healed. Let every disease disappear. In the name of Jesus. We declare that. Please share it. received has everyone been served okay now the first if you are new in the church there are two leads the first lead make you assess the bread and the second lead will make you assess the wine so take take the bread open the first lead and assess the bread let's take in agreement this is the body of Christ May it bring empowerment, spiritual fulfillment, healing and deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. As it enters into you, let it be like spiritual immunity. Let it kill every virus, every infirmity in your body. In the mighty name of Jesus, we decree and declare that every germ, every virus, every bacteria in your system be eradicated after today in the name of Jesus. We declare it now. Amen and amen. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. If you are a tight tight, come forward with your tights. Let me pray for you. If you have your tights with you or you have released your tights, just come forward with it. If you have given your tight and you have not been prayed for this week, just come forward. Tight is one-tenth of your income. 
you honor the Lord with your tithe. Just come forward. If you don't tithe, you become tight. I always say, you see, God gives you a hundred percent and he tells you to give ten out of the hundred to him. You take the ninety. In fact, if you feel the ninety will not be enough, that means the hundred will not be enough. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the life of these ones. As they have honored you with their authority, may you honor them in your word that says you open the windows of heavens unto them and give them a blessing that they will not have room to contain. In the mighty name of Jesus, may the Lord bless you, favor you, increase you in Jesus' name. May that tithe rebuke the devourer for your sake. I declare you shall never lack a day of your life. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed with thanksgiving and everyone said amen.